you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to the B2B Revenue Acceleration podcast. My name is Dan Seabrook, and I'm here today with Mark Johnston, VP of Product Marketing at Domo. Mark, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today. Interesting times, as we were talking about before the, uh, before the start of the podcast, but um, albeit we're able to, uh, to still communicate from other sides of the pond. So uh, thanks for joining us. So, Mark, today we'll be talking about marketing in an era of constant change, which is more relevant now than ever, I would have thought. But before we get into the conversation today, do you please just introduce yourself to our audience and also uh, give us a bit of background on your company, Domo? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so I'm, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm the vice president of product marketing at, at Domo um, here in the US, um, but I'm not, I'm not from the US. I'm originally from the UK, but uh, moved here to, to Park City about three months ago. And, you know, my role, just to kind of give you, you know, what would, what I do and kind of how it frames them in this, this era of constant change. So my job is to help kind of position who we are and what we do and, and understand where, where, where Domo can help customers and, so maybe just to talk about you know what Domo is. Domo is a cloud-based BI platform, and and our and our mission is really simple. We believe that organizations can do more with data through getting BI leverage. And kind of that BI leverage thing is interesting. What does that really mean? Well, we see it as, and we see a lot of data on this, as you might expect for a database, com- a data company, is that that organizations really aren't getting the full value from the data that's in their organizations. You know, and you know, bring it back to our marketing or a sales context that. You know, people people see that traditional that traditional normal data, whether it's advertising data, but there's so much data that is dark in organizations. You know, whether that's tribal knowledge sitting in the head of a marketer, or whether that's that's data that's sort of passed around on spreadsheets or sitting in other systems that are not accessible to the marketing department. We see that our role is to help unlock that and put that into the hands of all employees. And and not just put that into the hands of employees with with charts and graphs, but to put it in to their hands with intelligent applications to help them do their jobs, and you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna chat a lot about the the world that we now sit in. But if you think about the the issue of dark data, that that just became a thousand x more important as we went remote. So tribal knowledge becomes much harder. The the data that the data to make decisions just changed completely because of all of the different dynamics that are going on in the world. And and I, and I think I think there's a really interesting kind of role that marketing can play in doing that. I'm really looking forward to kind of chatting about it. Just to give you an example of like who we are and what we do, I think probably the best thing is to kind of talk about what our customers do. So we, you know, we've got customers all over the all over the, the world. We've got big ones like L'Oreal who who pull in you know billions of rows of, of marketing data and they optimize all of their all of their marketing activities through that insight and that intelligence and 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 we have really small startups in the b2b space who are using us to run their whole business right they're they're, they're building a very data-driven business from the ground up and so like i'm i'm really fortunate i'm lucky i'm i'm kind of the guy that gets to learn from those customers and help bring products and services to market that that help get that bi leverage you know for any organization absolutely and um, and and to your point, data becoming well, especially the dark data becoming a thousand x more important now than than perhaps uh, what three, four, five weeks ago, um, when we really started to see the full impact of, of the of the current pandemic. In terms of who you need to get that data into the hands of, where are you as a, as a company? Where are you seeing the most demand from? Is it is it really the the, the large businesses that 
need to make these big strategic decisions because their business is being significantly impacted by COVID? Or is it the more kind of nimble business that wants to get ahead of the curve with uh, with real-time kind of insights as to as to how their business is performing and what the market's doing? I think I think it's both. Like, you know, from from the conversations that, that I've been been part of or heard about secondhand. You know, I think I think there's different dynamics that are going on. I think the it's I, I would say it might be harder for larger organizations to navigate this change. You know, if you're a if you're a if you're a big enterprise organization right now in, in the B2B or the B2C space, you know, you know, the whole idea of like the decisions that you're making, and I and I, and I kinda wanna talk a lot about decision making because I think that's the really interesting thing for marketers is the pace of of decisions and change that, that this environment creates. But if you're a larger organization, you've got a very predictable process and planning rhythm. You, you, you know that you can go to that, 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 that forecasting report that you get from your, your, your IT team, or your, your business intelligence team, or your analyst. And, and you know that that forecast is pretty predictable. You look at it in that monthly rhythm and you're doing it, doing it in that kind of, that kind of pattern for, for as long as, you know, you probably can remember, you know what? all that stuff got thrown out the window the baseline got reset like because you know what people aren't driving they aren't going to shops they aren't going to restaurants they aren't going on holiday and so kind of resetting big big organizations is difficult but the the benefit that they have is they've got lots of they've got lots of they've got lots of intelligence they've got lots of insight so they're able to understand the marketplace that they serve and, and operate in you know more effectively on the flip side like the the smaller more nimble more agile organizations you know, they they don't have any of those preconceived processes around how they run their business. So they're able to adapt. And I can chat about, you know, you know, we're a medium sized organization in terms of employees and, but, but we, we, and a very, you know, a very nimble agile marketing team. And we made some pretty, pretty big decisions in how we changed some of our plans and our execution. So we're able to move quicker, but, you know, but and the smaller organizations maybe don't have the same insight to know what decisions to make or how to adapt. And, you know, I had a really had, had a really good example of a gym franchise in in North America, and you know they they were like, well, how do we how do we understand the you know in the early days of the pandemic, how, how are we going to understand you know which gyms are going to be impacted, and and they were like, oh, could we pull in could we pull in some data that shows the change in in, in sort of normal life? So they're like, can we pull in school data? And they so they pulled in school data to see if schools were open or closed, and used that as a proxy for like daytime traffic of people going to the gym. And then all schools got closed, so that data became irrelevant. So then they just pivoted and they started looking at the next thing. They looked at they looked at kind of online data, or they looked at different signals to understand what to do next. And I think I think that's that's the challenge that the organizations are facing is can I can I get the intelligence and the insight to be able to make the decisions that I need to make or can I move fast enough to to adapt to the to the changing situation that's happening in the world? And I, and I think you know people are people are are doing those things at varying levels and and speed. Interesting. And and you mentioned there around um, companies looking at what consumers are doing, so uh, not able to drive cars because they're in their homes, not able to go to restaurants, not able to go to gyms, schools being you know, shut. Naturally, that's completely changing the dynamic of how businesses interact interact i should say with their with their customers and obviously that's a shift for businesses to make and then likewise if we look at someone in your position it's a it's a shift for well, how do you actually market to those companies if we look at sort of more broadly speaking it's very likely that this as a year or as a period marketing teams or, or businesses and, and individuals in general will, will look back on it and and pinpoint that as a or now as a moment 
that's really going to drive change in strategies and tactics and how we go think uh, how we do things moving forward. Of course, in marketing, the concept of innovation and change it's not something new. We've heard over the years how things have shifted from uh, different buzzwords to you know ABM to ABE to in-person events through to virtual events and all everything in between. And so marketing's always had to be nimble and think on their feet. You give us a feel. You you spoke about there at Domo. You've you've made some pretty big shifts in the space of a few weeks. Could you please uh, give us a feel for what you think some of the big, biggest changes you've gone through at Domo, and perhaps touch on what you think as well in the B two B tech marketing space as a as a whole as a consequence of this current situation we're facing. That's a great question. I I think the the concept of innovation and change from from marketing has been you know, been true for forever, right? Whether it's creative or channels or, or tactics or strategies like, you know, ABM, ABE, et cetera. I think the, the, the interesting thing is going to be how focused we are on the customer and, and how, how fast that customer is changing as we just, just chatted about. Um, but then, you know, the, the, the back end of marketing, has it really changed? You know, in terms of like how operationally and organizationally, how how, how teams are function. I you know, you know, I, I, I kind of ran digital events at Microsoft when I was there for, for a long time. And you know, we were we were constantly innovating with different t- tactics and techniques. But you know what? I, I you know I I would say that the 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 rhythm of how we work didn't really change. We just swapped components out for, for different things that were you know either contemporary or how customers were were changing their interactions you know through a channel or through a medium or even the kind of the creative or the way we would engage well i i think it's interesting i mean i'll bring it to life with and i'm sure many b2b marketers are going through this which is and we went through this pretty early is hey you know a large part of your marketing mix is events you know face-to-face interaction with customers you know trade shows conferences customer conferences so Fortunately or unfortunately, our large customer conference, Doma Palooza, it's called, uh, is run in Salt Lake City every year, and and you know it's a real gathering of our our best customers. But just to give you a bit of a fun insight, the Domo and the Palooza, the the, the Sasa Palooza style, is the is the is the is the community and the engagement. So we have a ski day and we take people away. So people always look forward to it. And we're trying to bring a, a mass of people from around the world to Salt Lake. So. So we we were unfortunately on the around the twentieth of March it was around the time of that, that that event was planned. So so we were we were fortunate enough to kind of get ahead of it. We you know we we, we looked at the data and we decided that we, we couldn't run it. There was too much risk. So we looked at we looked at geographical data of where infections were. We looked at the financial risk benefit. So we we, we kind of we, we made the choice to to and the smart leadership choice to to not do that event and to to turn it digital. And what that what that forced us to do was to ask ourselves. So that was like that. You know, the data bit was easy, right? I was looking at it, making the right call, which which ultimately everyone has done. But the the harder bit was kind of asking ourselves what what was what was what's the purpose of this event, right? What, what what are we trying to achieve? And whether it's the commercial outcomes is kind of one thing, but but what does the customer experience need to look like so that we can replace it with something? So we we went with the idea that you know we could create a digital event, and I'm sure that you've seen it. I'm sure many of people listening have been on them, which is the Zoom conference or, or the webinars that kind of that, that kind of replace the physical events. But we went, we went, no, we want to create a we want to create an experience that is a, a digital equivalent. So we decided we decided to send our CEO um, to around Utah to film all of these video segments. So he he was on the salt flats and he was in the back country at above 12,000 feet skiing, telling the story of what we wanted to tell in person digitally. 
and I, and I and I think what the, how that panned out for us is it panned out really well in terms of the feedback that we got from customers, but it also meant that we could have a very different very different type of event because of that limitless scale of digital. Now, I guess the the thing that I kind of go back to is that 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 we have to change we had to change the way we work to, to deliver that. Like there was no there was no team structure that was set up to 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 deliver that experience. So very quickly from having an event manager who was you know used to producing a conference we had an event leader that was more like a film director so we had to bring new skills and new experiences into the team and, and learn on the fly and um, the, the funny thing was and just to give you a bit of the, the, the kind of the humor of the whole experience we thought the pandemic was bad but on the on the morning of the digital event we had a we had an earthquake of uh, 5.7 on the Richter scale with several aftershocks that were going on as we were filming the live delivering the live event so I think you know, resilience is definitely a soft skill that a lot of marketers are learning right now. But to go back to your question around innovation and change, I, I think I think that the, the the key thing that I take away is the things that are being thrown at marketers that you know that are that are changes to customer behavior, business dynamics, commercial outcomes. That went from you know, especially in B2B, right? A, a pretty predictable pace and understanding of what's happening to a world where you're you're changing your marketing mix from physical to digital. You're dealing with earthquakes, and and then you're trying to figure out whether your customer can buy and how you serve them. So so I think I think being able, I guess, at a human level, being able to have that resilience is one thing. But at an operational level, making sure that you're set up to to be able to make those decisions and to to have that intelligence to to guide guide the organization through this period. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny as well. You you mentioned about having. <laughs> Well, not funny. It was a, it would have been a nightmare for you, I suppose, at the time. But um, the uh, the earthquake potentially impacting the uh, the event on the morning of it. It's funny. Um, side note: we we have a client that was running a webinar, and part of their marketing branding of the webinar, if you like, was they were calling it the invisible webinar. And when they went to launch the webinar, they had uh, I think it was I don't know something like a thousand people. It was a, it was a large number, but they're looking to join this webinar. And quite literally, the software crashed, and it was an invisible webinar. It was just a, it was just a black screen. And there was nothing on it, and they could not present any of what they wanted to. So fortunately, fortunately, it was recorded, so the 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 audio content could be distributed, mm-hmm. and and actually, the person presenting the webinar could see the content in front of them. But all the guests and all the uh, all the people, all the audience, could not see any of it, and they called it this invisible webinar, and it was indeed uh, invisible. <laughs> Anyway, so one of the things you touched on there was was actually really the, the, the process and the rhythm of um, and, the, and the kind of day to day workings and structure of how you how you go about marketing maybe isn't changing or hasn't changed. But even talking back to your days at Microsoft, but perhaps just the tactics and the the mediums and the techniques and channels used to engage with prospects will, will of course adapt and evolve as as the market does and demands do. Now. Naturally, what that means is in, when from a marketing perspective, you need to have your customers' needs at the center of your strategies even more so. So I mean, if, you, if you look at that as, a, as an idea or as a topic, would you agree that right now in this current period, it's more important than ever to have your customers' needs at the center of your strategies or at the center of your marketing plans in alignment with your company's OKRs? And can you just touch, about that, touch on that? that kind of theory of OKRs and how that links to your customers' needs a little bit. 
Yeah, sure. And I guess if, if people haven't un, un come across OKRs, OKR stand, stands for Objectives and Key Results, right? It's it's really a, a, you know, it's a great book that you should um, call Measure What Matters. I want to say it's by John Doerr. So yes, the, the, yeah. the author. And, and and I think the you know the principles are really are really really kind of like logical and but the but the execution is really um, smart, which is creating top down and bottoms up objective objectives, and then creating accountability within different roles and teams and groups that for these key results that build up to those objectives that build up to higher key results and objectives. And and I think what's really interesting, and I hundred percent agree that that having the customers' needs. And what they're trying to achieve match with your company's objectives, which will largely be commercial objectives, right? For a lot of organizations, especially in kind of times like this where, where it's uncertain what, what what commercial success looks like for, for lots of businesses. Um and, and how the how the B2B business serves another consumer and how you figure out that whole dynamic of what's going on in the marketplace. And I think the the benefit of having the customer at the center is that the, the choices that, that can be made and the investments and the activities, you know, it's really about understanding what, what the customer is going through and, and matching it to that. And so adapting and being agile is a critical thing to, to be successful. And like, you know, we were just chatting before, before we started the, the call about, you know, the, you know, understanding, you know, the calendar and, you know, how, how, B2B buying is going to happen, right? And, you know, Q1's okay. Is, is Q2 going to be tougher? As we kind of go back into this idea of a new normal, what does Q3 look like? You know, what does beyond look like? I think I think being able to understand where your customer is and if your customer is in a position where they can't buy, right? If you're in the hospitality industry or the travel industry, you're in, you're, you're in, you're in the business of selling or serving them. Your strategy is going to be completely different than to what it was six months or three months or three weeks ago. So I think I think understanding that customer behavior is really a customer need is really clear and matching the context of what they're going through. And again, you know, having intelligence and insight to enable that. Um, you know, we see we see lots of really interesting customers. You know, looking you know looking at coronavirus data to understand what their customers are doing and, you know, little plug for, if you go to domo.com slash coronavirus, you'll be, you can see a tracker of all of this global data from the likes of John Hopkins and different organizations. People are actually using that to then inform their strategy. They're overlaying it on top of what their, what their business is and saying, you know, what does this tell us? Like, what, you know, what should we do? Like I go back to that, to that fitness franchise they're, you know, they're, 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 you know, once you know the reverse of what they they were looking at with um, school data to see if regions were sort of functioning as normal. As life opens up, they they need to figure out how they bring people back to work. If, if they're bringing people back to work, you know, what's the marketing that's going to that's going to be required for it? Maybe another good example is what happens when the bounce back happens if you're in, if you're in a if you're in a uh, uh, an organ you're an organization if you're in like, a fictitious thing if you're in a car if you're a car dealership there's going to be a war between car dealers. Fighting for customers coming back into their 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 um, their their locations and trying to win back business that's been pent up. Now, as a marketer, you need to be thinking, you know, T minus to when that might happen, but you don't know when that is going to happen. So you've got to take all that signal and bring it together. So you know, I bring it back to OKRs. Like you need a you need a north star. You need to know what you're trying to do, and if the customer and the customer context is what drives that, match the commercial outcomes, then you're never going to go far wrong. Absolutely. And I guess in the uh, using that having a north star, but then using using your own software, I guess at Domo, you can use a lot of um, insights and real actionable intelligence, I guess, to actually guide you 
to your north star with uh, with your with with the insight of your customer in in, in mind. Using um, you know, if we look at this period, you look at tools like what Domo can offer, and you look at some of the the differences in marketing that it's brought that it's brought this period. So um, things like the dramatic shift in volume from uh, in person events to virtual events. Right, I'm, I know that virtual events have been done before, but of course not to not to the same degree in terms of volume, but also probably not to the same uh, size or level of um, level of insight that perhaps uh, a, a virtual event may have offered before. You spoke about Domo Palooza there and, and actually the lengths you went to, to to try and replicate what it may have looked like from an in-person perspective. But all of these these different elements that this period is bringing will be new to some to some in marketing or they'll be different to some in marketing. And naturally, that's going to be challenging, but also exciting for a marketer. What, from your perspective, what, what kind of skills do you think this will, this will allow marketing teams to develop, um, if, if any, of course? And, and do you think this is actually going to change the way the marketing is done moving forward um, in that perhaps now people will see the benefit of a virtual event and that they can get as much from it as an in-person event? And maybe that's the new normal in itself there. What, what changes do you think will, uh, will come out of this from a marketing? Yeah. Um, I think from a skills perspective, like the the number one skill that I've learned personally is keeping my kids out of all of my Zoom calls that I do. But apart from that, to answer your question, I think it's yeah. a bit of a, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a yes and no answer. I, I think the, the the skills that are required, right? Like take our Dumbledore to Dumbledore Live, right? You know, running a conference to running effectively a TV show with filming locations on salt flats and in, in caves and in and ski and, you know, backcountry skiing. Like that, that's a very different skill set. But, you know, I, the, my colleague that did that, she was amazing. She just, she, 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 she brought in the talent. She thought about what the customer experience was, but she, and she went back to the, the OKRs and the objectives. Right. So I think there's going to be new skills around thinking more around experience and I, I think there's lots of parallels that we can we can draw on from the b2c world into the b2b world right that you know the b2c world is very used to kind of uh, very used to kind of engaging with um with those kinds of ta- tactics and techniques i think the, the 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 no answer is going to be and i do have a child coming into my room so there you go that is just on, on point but sorry and the, the no answer is that I think actually staying true to what your what your commercial objectives are and your customer objectives, that's what matters, right? That's the thing that that hasn't really changed. Well, I think, you know, maybe off of that that does change is I don't think after this that that we're gonna go back to the classical way of working, right? We're we're gonna there's gonna be more changes, there's gonna be different business models that are coming out. You know, like are people gonna go back to 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 going to restaurants or are they gonna get like delivery like they've never done before like they've been doing now right like getting i've got friends that are getting gin and tonic deliveries to their house in the uk like so so i think understanding that the change is always going to be constant is, is definitely going to be true and then i think the, the, the key thing i go back to the idea of dark data which is what what signal what intelligence can you be bringing into your marketing organization today so that you're constantly being able to adapt and be agile and be resilient to those changes yeah Okay, interesting, and also interesting that your friends are getting a, a gin and tonic delivered because uh, I'm I'm yet to find uh, <laughs> I'm yet to find a similar service around where I live. Okay, cool. So, um, well, Mark, look, I think we're uh, I think we're actually moving towards the end of our time here today, and, and actually, it's been been really useful getting your insights from uh, from the perspective of you know how it's currently affecting how this COVID situation is currently affecting us today. 
uh, what some of the the things we are need we need to be thinking about in terms of keeping our customers really at the center of everything we're doing from a marketing perspective how that's maybe shifting marketing tactics in the short term but then in the long term as well more more broadly speaking are we ever going to keep marketing the same way or will that change forever it's been it's been really insightful now i'm sure we could we could talk about these things all day but um but there'll be a lot of people uh, I'm sure that will also want to, to reach out to you directly and have a conversation uh, with you directly or learn more about Domo as a product and as a company. So if people wanted to, to get in touch with you or, the, or, the, or indeed your company, could you just give us a, a couple of lines on the best way to do that and, uh, and if they wanted to continue the conversation? Yeah, no, thank you. And it's been a really, really, really good, good conversation. The easiest thing is Domo.com and, and feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, Mark Johnston. I'm sure you'll find me. Excellent. Cool. Well, once again, many thanks, Mark. Um, It's been great having you on the show. Cool. Thank you. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.